You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyer. When I'm not doing this, I'm worried about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to the site. I've broken down all three rounds there of the first two days that you can check out, as well as some analysis of the 21 day three sleeper picks that we liked, as well as my draft grades. This is ranking all the classes 1 through 32 around the league led by the Steelers, Colts, and Eagles. So check those out. I will also have my rookie initial rankings up there. So look at the early top 30 for redraft and dynasty leagues that you can check out, led by Bijan Robinson, of course. So a lot of good stuff coming. We'll break that down for you in depth here on Lockdown Fantasy Football on Wednesday show. But we do need to look at the second and third rounds, the offensive skill picks. We're going to focus on those. So quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends taken there. And then we're going to dedicate to the next show to looking at four through seven here, looking at the players that we want to put our eyes on as being deep sleepers in fantasy football. We know some guys have emerged from those rounds to really be effective as fantasy football players, especially running backs. So we'll break that down for you. Look at some sleepers there. So action pack look at rookies here for the first half of the week here. So Good stuff all around here at Locked on Fantasy Football. Thanks again for making us your first listen every day. Subscribe and follow for free wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. And special shout out to the everydayers. You know who you are. You check out our show every time we put one up every weekday here on the Locked on Network. We're part of Locked on Network, your team every day. All right, let's uh, get into it here and uh, go down the line here. We'll just, in the first segment, go through all the Second round picks of offensive skill note here in the 2023 real NFL draft. The Titans traded up there to get Will Levis. He fell out of the first round, but really there were not a lot of teams that were going to go after him. You looked at the Buccaneers, but they passed at number 19. The Vikings weren't interested in Will Levis either. They also didn't want to go that early for Hendon Hooker. So you get Will Levis going essentially right after the first round, a normal first round. He goes 33. We know the Dolphins forfeited their pick. Usually this would be the first pick of the second round. So that's kind of where the Levis train was going to end here and come into the station. That's where we saw with the Titans. So Titans have liked Levis for quite some time here. They're trying to reshape their offense is what they're trying to do. I mean, there's not necessarily a big void of athleticism for Levis. He can move around well, but it's not the running aspect you might get from Ryan Tannehill or Malik Willis at a little bit higher level. So they're trying to move Ryan Tannehill here. We'll see if anyone takes him as a backup. I think you might need a quarterback injury for someone to look at Tannehill. Malik Willis, they'll continue to develop as a backup here. So you'd expect Will Willis will have to compete for the job. They might keep Tannehill here and bridge him into year two in 2024. We'll see what happens with Levis there. But he inherits some really good weapons here. Traylon Burks, you get Chig Aconquo at tight end. They worked on tight end in this draft as well with Josh while they also got uh, really some offensive line help that they needed. Peter Skaronsky being the most notable here 
up front. So really working on the offensive skill in this uh, draft for the Titans and their new general manager, Rand Carthon. He comes from the 49ers, so maybe trying to establish that type of offense here, transition from what the Titans have had, that Arthur Smith run-heavy type offense that we've seen. It. I think they'll still run the ball, but when you look at their picks, including Ty J Spears, a change of pace back with some quickness in the passing game, you say they're tired of maybe being behind everyone with this run-heavy, throw-the-ball-downfield type of offense. They want to add a little bit more diversity there behind Derrick Henry as he gets older and wears down, and they'll have to change what their offensive looks like here. They've also lost some pieces on the offensive line over the years, including their tackles. Jack Conklin a few years ago to the Browns, and now Taylor Lewan aged out. He got too many injuries there. So looking at Skaronsky left guard, hopefully Andre Dillard will help at left tackle here. So really looking at a different type of team for the Titans. So Will Levis, we're going to wait on, but there's some potential there. I think they could have added another receiver, but you do have good tight ends now in Oconquo and Wild, and then you have a, a good number one receiver, first-round pick from last year, and Traylon Burke. So really the Titans working on something. It may not all come to fruition here this year, but in terms of fantasy football, there's some promise beyond Derrick Henry on this team going forward. All right, let's go to the 34th pick. You didn't have to wait long for the next offensive skill player. It was Sam Laporta. The tight end from Iowa, a little bit surprising he went ahead of Michael Mayer, the tight end of Notre Dame. Mayer dropped behind not only Laporta, but Dalton Kincaid. He went the first round to the Bills. So Laporta, an Iowa tight end, replaces another one, TJ Hawkinson. The Lions traded him to the Vikings. So they get Laporta to replace some of the things they had there, Brock Wright, James Mitchell, some of the kind of mixed bag of tight ends they had there. Laporta is a pretty good receiver, could be pretty special here. To help them, but keep in mind that uh, even with the James Williams suspension, they've got some uh, mouths to feed here. Evan Ross St. Brown and different guys in that offense, but he has a chance to carve out a role. You also have a different uh, type of receiving back in Jameer Gibbs as they traded DeAndre Swift on year three. So Gibbs is going to catch passes there. He's going to replace Swift in that role as well as the power running. So Laporta has a chance here. We'll see what happens with the Williams suspension. They do have Marvin Jones back as well. The longtime Lion, he's back from the Jaguars in the mix here to replace DJ Chark. So quite a bit of pecking order here. This is also a very effective running team with their offensive line. They should be a better defensive team. So Laporta, we're going to wait and see. Usually takes year two to see the tight end impact in this particular situation. I think that follows suit. But I do like the athleticism to potentially replace Hawkinson. Well, even though he may not be as big behemoth of a blocker, I think he can be a pretty good receiver here for them. Michael Mayer went one pick later, so the Raiders enjoyed that because they had eyed a tight end at some point in this draft, but they couldn't pass him on Mayer. They got to a scramble here when they had the, the news of uh, Darren Waller being traded to the Giants. And they also had Foster Moreau. He opted out for medical issues. So all of a sudden, your top two tight ends were gone. They kind of put duct tape around the position with Austin Hooper and O.J. Howard. These are cast-offs from other teams, multiple teams now for both of those players. So... They kind of did that. Michael Mayer, however, this is Josh McDaniels. He likes the tight end, getting some help. And this is a good situation because we have Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro still trying to figure out the third receiver for consistency here after not re-signing Matt Collins. But definitely Michael Mayer has an opportunity here. We'll see if he gets every chance to displace Hooper and Howard. They're, again, limited guys. Hooper has shown not much receiving pop since leaving Atlanta and going to other teams here. You've seen also... The fate of O.J. Howard pretty hard away from the Buccaneers. So really, looking at Michael Mayer as uh, having a big opportunity here. Is that possibly the third target, and we'll see how it plays out with Devontae Adams 
and Hunter Renfro here, but a good opportunity for sure for Mayer as a fantasy football sleeper. Good landing spot, good coach who will make good use of him, as we know from the days with Gronk and Josh McDaniels. So excited about that. You also have a guy, Jimmy Garoppolo, a quarterback used to throwing to George Kittle. So it all lines up well for the Raiders to rely well on the tight end overall. Let's go to pick 39. It was uh, Jonathan Mingo. I think this was a bit of a stretch. I like some of the receivers that were available after, including Rasheed Rice, who went a few picks later to the Chiefs. I like Tank Dell and Houston. I like Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman, the duo out of Tennessee. And then I also like Josh Downs. I thought he would have been a good pick as well. We'll get into all those guys. Some of those went in the third round with a lot more promise. But I think a little bit of a stretch for Mingo. I don't see a lot of production here. Could be a big slot that replaces Adam Thielen in a year or two, so that doesn't help because Thielen is around. You also have DJ Chark. You also have Terrace Marshall Jr., so not a good landing spot here for Mingo. Not a real good fit, so we're going to move on. Not much here to see. I think you could develop into a key target for Bryce Young in time, but not this year. Not with some actual depth at receiver. Don't forget about Hayden Hurst at tight end as well, and Shuba Hubbard catching passes. So Mingo is going to be buried at first trying to get a role on this team, and Marshall a lot more promise in Carolina. Number 42 was Luke Musgrave, a tight end. The Packers were tied to Michael Mayer and Dalton Kincaid. They end up with Musgrave here in the second round. They had to replace Robert Tunyon, who signed with a similar offense with the rival Bears. So they need to get some receiving help. Musgrave is that type of athletic receiver. He's not going to be much in line. So we'll see what his role can be behind Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs. And again, it got loaded. They got another tight end in this draft, got three wide receivers. They have Eric Jones catching passes. So it's going to be tough for Musgrave to establish himself as a key target here for Jordan Love, and also unknown there. We know kind of a bit where Aaron Rodgers likes to go with the ball. Love, I think, is going to be wide receiver-centric, and we'll see how it goes with Musgrave carving out a key role. The Packers also had the next pick. This guy could have a little bit more value, I think, than Musgrave. I don't love the pick. I think you could have got him a little bit later. I didn't think he was a top 50 selection, but he went exactly 50. Jaden Reed out of Michigan State. Essentially what they're looking at is a replacement for Randall Cobb that isn't Rodgers tied here. Essentially to play in the middle with the Watson and being a big presence on the outside, Dubs stretching the field a bit. I think they're looking at Reed being the third receiver. So I think Reed right now would have a better opportunity here based on their usage of receivers and 11 personnel than how they've uh, deployed the tight end of late to have more value here than Musgrave. But we're definitely going to keep an eye on Jaden Reed again. I didn't love the player, but I think his versatility, what the Packers can uh, get out of him. The town is there to really fill that Cobb well. And we we just don't know exactly because Randall Cobb also had limited fantasy football prediction, production here later in his career in that second wave with Aaron Rodgers. So let's be careful about that. Zach Charbonnet went to 52. I actually like this pick a lot. I had him going to the Seahawks here for quite some time. Why? It seems a little bit curious, right? They have a one, Kenneth Walker, they love him. They got him in the second round. He's a lead back. But the Seahawks want to add a little bread and butter to their backfield. They're also pretty weak depth-wise. They did lose Travis Homer. We know Rashad Penny signed with the Eagles. So pretty weak. And the Seahawks are paranoid, and they should be. They have that history with Chris Carson and Rashad Penny that their backs break down. They want to keep both backs healthy here. And this is actually a good thing for Walker. People are going to look at, okay, Charbonnet's in there. He's a interchangeable guy with Walker. That's okay. That means they have a strong backup. If he goes down, you definitely have a clear handcuff here in Charbonnet. So I like that. He started his career at Michigan, finished well at UCLA. Good power backs, a kind of back, throwing an old school Marshawn Lynch type back that the 
Seahawks have in their offense and going to play off that. And Walker's still going to lead. He can do a lot. He's also going to be the key receiving back. Charbonnet is pretty much a power back here. So it lined up well given what they lost in free agency. And they got still have DJ Dallas to be receiving back there behind now Walker and Charbonnet. We mentioned Rasheed Rice. He went 55. Golden opportunity for Rasheed Rice. I know people are into Sky Moore and what Kadarius Tony can do, but the size, route running, effectiveness, production for Rice out of SMU is very impressive here overall. So I like him potentially having a big role. Remember, they lost Juju Smith-Schuster in free agency, so something to consider that he has some vacated targets to work on here for sure as a veteran is lost here, so he's going to have to fight for some targets here with Tony and more and more in his second year. Tony in his third year, second year with the team coming over for the Giants. So, interesting group of wide receivers playing off Travis Kelsey. I think Rice does that a little bit more with his effective route running. So, we won't totally sleep on Rice. I think he could actually have something that lives up to the buzz more so than Sky Moore did as a rookie. He just got lost in a crowd here. I think Rice is too much of a technician with production to disappear. Don't think too much of the pick at 58, Luke Schoonmaker. I get it. The Cowboys lost Dalton Schultz in free agency to the Texans, but they had Peyton Hendershot, Jake Ferguson. So they had another type of tight end here. He's a blocking tight end, so not thrilled about it. This is a classic Brian Schottenheimer type offense pick here to get a blocker versus someone where you're looking at fantasy football. So it'll be shocking if Schoonmaker ever has any receiving value. Next up was another tight end with some athletic upside. Maybe if they can't re-sign Evan Ingram in Jacksonville, he's someone they can look at, Brenton Strange. But it was a strange pick. No pun intended right here at number 61. I thought he could go later as well as Schoonmaker, so I didn't really like these picks at all. So uh, athletic upside guy, but they have Ingram. They got some other receivers. They just added Calvin Ridley to the mix with uh, Zay Jones and uh, Travis Etienne and really Christian Kirk as well. So really deep here for sure. So... I don't see Brenton Strange carving out a fancy for all anytime soon, unless Evan Ingram becomes too expensive, which he could be next year when they have to re-up with Trevor Lawrence. All right, our last pick in the second round, as the Broncos ended up this pick, it was the Chiefs you know, with the original selection. So Marvin Mims goes to the Broncos. This is very interesting. This probably means they're not going to re-sign Jerry Judy. The trade has been on the table here potentially for a while, and they still could move him, but... Mims can do a lot of things Jerry Judy can, but a little bit more explosiveness, makes big plays after catch, can work in the slot, open field, can also stretch the field. So that's what they could be going with a little bit more. Because Cortland Sutton has that attribute, so does Tim Patrick. Judy doesn't have that exactly. We heard about the Russell Wilson-Jerry Judy chemistry. I think it fell flat here. Cortland Sutton, I think, with Wilson can be a little bit better, and now Mims comes in the mix. So we'll see what happens with Judy. But for his fantasy value, as Mims was drafted pretty high in the second round, I don't think... This plays out well. And keep in mind, the Broncos didn't have a pick early. So now they have Mims here as one of their top picks as an offensive skill player. So something to watch out there. But not good news for Jerry Judy. And could be a little bit of fade for Cortland Sutton because they also have Tim Patrick there in the mix under contract. But remember, Sutton and Patrick are the ones under contract. Judy is not. So it would make sense to incorporate Mims in the offense as the three there and work his way up from that spot. All right, there you have it. There's all the second-round offensive skill picks and their breakdown for fantasy football, short and long-term for you. Here are Locked On Fantasy Football. Subscribe and follow for free wherever you get your podcast. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we get into our third-round picks, we'll break those down into two segments here. I do have to tell you, this episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by Built. If you're looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need to get the best-tracing protein bar ever. That's Built. you got to try this. 
If you're like me, you don't want to make healthier snack choices without compromising taste. Well, I've got to do something for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing, you won't think they're good for you. You've got to try this. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And unbelievable flavors you can choose from. Churro, peanut butter, brownie, cookies, and cream, just to name a few. Built, I don't know how they do it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. What's even better, they're, they're healthy for you. Only 30 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein packed with every punch in a Built bar or puff. Now you don't need to wait to get a box for years. We've been talking about ordering Built bars at Built.com. Now you can get them right down the street at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. And you can still get those specialty flavors you're looking for at Built.com. That's right, if you go to your nearest Walmart today... Walk to the pharmacy section. You can grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate as bars, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with the hit flavors brownie batter puff and sure puff. You can thank me later. Again, Built Bars, so delicious, so good. Protein in a great, healthy form that tastes like a candy bar. Check it out at Built.com at your local Walmart and Sam's Club as well. All right, it is uh, time to continue the show and look at uh, these uh, picks here in the round three. We'll break this round down into two segments here for you because we had a little bit more activity on that front. Again, thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every every day. Here's tomorrow on the show. Again, we'll break down rounds four through seven, the sleepers and fantasy football that we want to look at from offense as well. All right, round three also has some sleepers that we need to look at. Hendon Hooker starts it off at... Number 68, so the Lions get their quarterback of the near future. They can get out of Jared Goff's contract even now, but probably will have Hooker with the ACL recovery and the age and trying to get settled back in. Play on the bench for a year, learn behind Jared Goff, absorb the system here, and then be turned loose in 2024 where they save money on Goff and can continue to spend on some of these other guys. So great plan here for the Lions. You're not having uh, too much invest in Goff, reasonable contract there and you'll get that rookie discount. There's a third-round potential pick. So if Hooker works out, you're going to get a really cheap Lions team at quarterback where they can spend elsewhere. So really like the potential of Hooker here. Big arm can take get the ball downfield. Amon Ross St. Brown and Jameis Williams, Jameson Williams here. So really like that to groom behind Goff. Perfect arm passer system guy that you can put in this Lions offense. All right, next up is Tank Dell. What a great name, and also staying in Houston. He was a Houston Cougars product. He's now a Houston Texans product. He is a dynamic receiver, can get all the field. A little bit of Brandon Cooks in him. They traded him to the Cowboys, remember that. They're still trying to sort out the new offense with the key receivers here. But Tank Dell has a little bit of Brandon Ayuk in him, which is important because they're incorporating the 49ers offense with Bobby Slowick. You don't have a lot of answers here between Robert Woods and Nico Collins. John Mechie coming back from a health issue here. So a lot of inexperience there. You have a void behind uh, those guys and finding new Brandon Cooks. Uh, Tank Dell, speed, quickness, open field is his game here. So just an offensive weapon cog. Those guys sometimes are hard to project and predict for fantasy football value, but an opportunity here for Dell to carve out a key role in this offense with the rookie quarterback, also C.J. Stroud. All right, number 71 was uh, Kendra Miller. I didn't love this pick because the Saints got a good power back out of TCU. I really like the Miller, the player, but I don't like this with Jamal Williams in the mix there in New Orleans. You still have Alvin Kamara there. I thought they needed more of a change of pace back with Kamara contingency with his age and injuries and off-the-field stuff. You already have Williams coming off a big scoring power year with the Lions after transitioning from the Packers. So 
Don't love the pick of Kendra Miller. I think you're going to have to wait and see. It's going to take an injury to Jamal Williams and maybe also Kamara to see him have key value here as a rookie. At 73, the Giants went with uh, Jalen Hyatt, the wide receiver out of Tennessee. This was a great pick for the Giants. I thought the Falcons and some other teams should have gone after him as a deep threat, but he's there. This is something they were missing. They had a gaggle of receivers. They had uh, 13 receivers there, including Sterling Shepard, Wondell Robinson, those types in the mix. They moved on from Kenny Galladay. They needed a real guy who can stretch the field and make quick plays. Daniel Jones still has a pretty big arm here. So Jalen Hyatt, I like that big opportunity to emerge quickly up that depth chart as Guy that can be a little bit more than deep threat in the number one. His teammate Cedric Tillman went right after, but probably as a backup type situation. They could put Cedric Tillman outside in Cleveland with Amari Cooper maybe going natural in the slot. He's getting a little bit older. Play Tillman off Donovan Peoples-Jones, but again, we'll see how that plays out. I don't know if Tillman can carve out a significant role right away, including the Browns' use of tight end. I don't know if there's room enough behind Cooper and Peoples-Jones for another receiver to emerge here just yet. For Cleveland in fantasy football. At number 78, you had the Packers double up on tight ends. They get Tucker Craft here of South Dakota State. So they get Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft. I think both these guys have some good receiving potential, which uh, cancels each other out a little bit. And I think in line, I think Craft has a better shot to help replace Mercedes Lewis here, the aging one. So they needed two tight ends. This is what happened here. They took them. Again, Craft may be more of a blocker. I think he can be pretty good receiving here, but that also cuts into Musgrave, so something to watch out for sure. That's why I wasn't too thrilled about the Musgrave pick. If they just got Kraft, I think it would have been great for fantasy and reality. But to hear Kraft and Musgrave, we're going to work for key touches. Keep in mind, this is much like what we had a few years ago where we thought it was going to be a battle there at tight end. It turned out Robert Tunyon was the guy that emerged there. So keep that in mind here that Kraft could be the guy over Musgrave here in time as the better receiver. And finally, I pick, like pick 79. This was a good replacement for Paris Campbell in Indianapolis. The Colts get Josh Downs, the dynamic playmaker. So he fell way down. I thought he could have been an early second round pick. He fell into the mid third round here. I love Downs. He just made a lot of plays everywhere on the field for North Carolina. He's going to play off Michael Pittman Jr. and Alec Pierce as a number three here. We'll see the 11 personnel. The Colts use Anthony Richardson, of course, a big arm young quarterback here. So Richardson Downs coming in as rookie together they could have a good connection here. I don't know if Downs' value is going to be seen right away with Pittman and Pierce in the mix, but next year watch out here for Josh Downs. There you have it. There's a look at picks 68 through 79 that were offensive skill position selections in the 2023 NFL Draft. We still have to look at more third rounders. We have a few more names to get to, eight players that were taken all the way through pick 101 overall in round three, so we'll break those down in the final segment here. Again, Check out all the stuff if you missed anything with the NFL Draft Breakdown. We have Locked On NFL Scouting, Locked On NFL Draft. They've got you covered on everything that happened over the weekend with an intense look at all that good stuff. So check it out on the network, uh, just like this show. They're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In your case, your draft every year. We've got you covered in depth here on the network. Subscribe and follow for free, just like this show, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. All right, let's uh, close the show looking at the final uh, third-round picks of note here, offensive skill-wise for fantasy football. Ty J. Spears, we talked about him, 81 going to the Tennessee Titans, so yet another offensive skill pick after they get Will Levis. They also have the tight end later in Josh Weil. So you look at Spears, change of pace behind one uh, Derrick Henry. Henry breaking down. They didn't trade him yet in the draft, but getting older, he's going to 
Maybe break down a little bit more. Spears doesn't get enough credit for being an early down back when needed, but a very good change of pace dynamic back out of Tulane. They could have a big role going forward, potentially replacing Henry with the key touches in this backfield. Devin Chain went next out of uh, Texas A&M to the Dolphins. Now, the Dolphins brought back uh, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson, a bit of surprising there, probably because of Mike McDaniel favoritism at that offensive skill type of uh, zone blocking type runner so they like both of them he's comfortable with that but he got excited remember if you watched uh, the draft uh, he pumped his fist got excited about Devin and Chains and uh, they do have Miles Gaskin this is bad news probably for Gaskin Jane I thought was the third best running back in this class behind Bijan Robinson Jameer Gibbs so they end up with a chain watch out for him having a key role in Miami they've been looking for this type of back keep in mind Mike McDaniel was also there when Elijah Mitchell emerged in San Francisco. So Devin Chain really like him as a third-round pick here to really cut through the noise here in the Dolphins' backfield and be effective. And also, we know the durability issues of Mostert and Wilson are legendarily terrible here. So let's uh, look at a chain as Wilson gets a little bit older and Mostert is already old here in this backfield. All right, at number 88, you had Tank Bigsby, a little bit of a surprise pick by the Jaguars. They did sign Dearness Johnson behind Travis Etienne, the former Browns. They got to swing back up, but they needed more of a pure power back. We know Etienne is a change of pace receiving back that they put out in space. This could really hurt his goal line usage. Bigsby is a literal tank. They're in short yardage and power situations, so they could use him in that capacity quite a bit. So Etienne's value took a little bit of hit for sure beyond Dearness Johnson and that pickup here at 88. So Bigsby, a good power back out of Auburn. Makes sense what they want him. I think he makes their team reality-wise better, but doesn't really help us for fantasy. Next up is Darnell Washington. We know he's not going to have a key role in the passing game because he's going to be the number two tight end in Pittsburgh behind Pat Freermuth, who's been pretty special as well. So I look at uh, Darnell Washington, the development and progress, but what he does is boost the value of Najee Harris. He's a good extra run blocker beyond Broderick Jones, so also out of Georgia in the first round as their offensive tackle. So more Washington's going to be a facilitator, not much of a playmaker quite yet, unless uh, they come up with a crossroads of Freemuth here and keeping him. Washington does have some receiving upside, a good stash for the Steelers. Did not get the next pick. It was Michael Wilson of the Cardinals. They aren't trading DeAndre Hopkins. They do have Rondo Moore and Marquise Hollywood-Brown. All these guys are still on the roster. I just don't get Michael Wilson. Not much to see there out of Stanford type of guy at 94. A 99, don't sleep on this name. We know what Evan McPherson did as a rookie a couple years ago. He was big time. Cade York had a bit of a flash last year, but watch out for Jake Moody, the kicker that went to the 49ers. It's an offense that puts up numbers. Robbie Gold has been a kicker one before, so Jake Moody could have a big effect here. You can also hit some 50-yarders if you get some bonus points for longer field goals. So he's going to be the 49ers kicker. Keys to a high-scoring offense. He's going to pick up some of the pieces in different spots. We had another receiver go at number 100. This was to the Raiders. Trey Tucker, I didn't love this pick. They're already pretty loaded here with Devontae Adams. And now you had Michael Mayer with Hunter Renfro in this. Tucker's a guy, a cog type player, but I don't think there's a key role involved here. They're going to have to be specializing with his role. This also run heavy offense that's effective with Josh Jacobs. I didn't like it. Open space player can make a lot of plays here. But I don't know if he's going to get enough touches to be fantasy football relevant ever, really. I think he's going to help in the return game most. For the Raiders, but he was pick number 100 here, Trey Tucker. Finally, Cameron Latu, nothing to see here. He's the backup but tight end here that the 49ers have signed. They lost some depth there, that position behind George Kittle. Good uh, receiving upside, but really a blocker natural out of Alabama. So, Alabama players, who knew, dominated 
in the NFL draft as well as Georgia players, but some of them are more limited. Just like we saw with Washington, a lot too. They're going to be more blockers at first, helping their teams in different capacities. So that's good for the 49ers running game, of course, with Christian McCaffrey and helping their quarterback, however that situation plays out. So another security blanket, some help there as well as Cameron Latu. So there you have it. There's the picks in the second and third rounds of the 2023 NFL Draft. Fantasy football-related is the offensive skill selections here. Thanks again for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Every day there's tomorrow on the show. We will look at the sleeper fantasy players that you need to put your eyes on radar here for rounds four through seven so check that out tomorrow then we'll come back on wednesday with our look put it all in a blender and spit out some rookie rankings for your early the top 30 that i'll have up there for sporting news as well again for lockdown fantasy football this has been Vinny Iyer. hopefully you had a good monday start your week and we'll check you out tomorrow with more fantasy football draft analysis from 2023